Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. So we spoke to the Frida Shelter, Hartley Shelter in Johannesburg and Yeovil. And I just want to give you the number for anybody who may need that particular service. It's 011-648-648. 6005-011-648-6005. If you know anybody who may need it, who needs a shelter, who needs a place to stay, um, who is moving away from an abusive relationship, that's the number, particularly if they are in the area in Johannesburg and Yeovil, 11 6005. Another disclaimer is that our WhatsApp is is not up and running at the moment. So I do p- apologize for all of you who've been sending WhatsApps. Um, we are trying to sort that out. So the only way um, you can get in touch with us, it's on Twitter at SAFM Radio. You can uh, also get in touch with me directly at Pimelo Modine. And uh, you can also then call us on 011-714-2006. That begins our conversation around um, the men's forum because it's it's an open space it's a it's a non-judgmental space i hope we've we've managed to do that at least so you are more than welcome to give us a call you're more than welcome to tweet us to say what is on your mind we've been talking today about this video that's gone viral hashtag temba and I've played you clips of the two different videos. And we've also had a conversation with Ignatius France. Um, and so it does seem like where we sit, uh, from where we are at the moment, there is absolutely nothing we can do to help many, many people who need intervention, um, who are in abusive relationship unless they themselves consent. That leaves us with a massive problem because many of us know these people, many of us witness these incidents and people are are going to say exactly what the lady said in the video, um, who said, you know, stay out of my business. In fact, she's laying a charge against somebody who was in fact trying to alert all of us to what is happening in her life. It is quite, I mean, it's quite depressing, um, to say the least. It's it's disheartening. But we do have a bill in, in front of the president at the moment. Um, as soon as that's signed into power and into law, we will then hopefully get some wheels turning of justice and we'll hopefully start moving this in the right direction. So let me just ask you to think about that and see if we can all of us rally behind this bill that we're all waiting to be signed into law um, by the president. Bonang Bahare is the chancellor um, of the University of the Free State, a professor of practice in the uh, Johannesburg Business School as well, uh, College of Business and Economics, chairman of both Bidvest Group Limited and SBV Services and past president of the Black Management Forum. He's our guest this afternoon to, I suppose, present his letter to men on the Men's Forum. Good afternoon, and Dada thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Well, we are really honored. And this is a space that we've created for for brothers, for our uncles, for our fathers, and, uh, you know, for our partners, a male, to have an open conversation. And we invite guests like yourselves um, to talk to us. To I'm, I'm just the facilitator at this point. You take over. And, and you address the men who are listening uh, to you at this point about the state we're at. Over to you, Ndate. Matt Pemelo, let me start by saying, 
You know, my grandmother used to say, and I'll translate it in English because when a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows, mm-hmm. not the flower. Mm. So what is wrong with South Africa today in this country, in this context, when so many of us dare to hope that joy and peace will prevail, mm. is that the environment is not very supportive nor understanding to women's contribution and participation. In fact, the environment in white corporate South Africa is downright hostile to the contribution of women. They either get assimilated or we ask them to behave like men, to start wearing suits like men and taking up the department, the posture, the mannerisms of men, where you climb over other people's heads to get to the top without demonstrating this notion that comes natural to women called care. And yet in the 21st century, we know that the skills that are required to succeed, to make our companies more profitable, more sustainable and resilient, because resilience in Africa is much more than the food, energy, water nexus, is how you demonstrate kindness, how you demonstrate care. Especially now during COVID, when eight months all of us have been locked in, and we are now about to get to Christmas, and the, the infection statistics are going up, especially in the Eastern Cape. The president is co- talking to us tonight, and maybe also the Western Cape. Maybe the Eastern Cape might be taken back uh, to uh, alert level number three, so as the president, I'll take them to alert level number five. I think the message we should be sending out as men to Africa's women is that there's more of you than there are of us. And the reason why you are not progressing, there's nothing wrong with you. There's everything wrong with us. We need to fix the culture, the environment um, where you, you are located. Because the farmer does not spend most of their time massaging individual seeds. The farmer, she spends most of her time preparing and tilling the soil. Because when the soil is fertile, any seed, any flower will germinate Mm -hmm. and grow and bear fruit in abundance. The problem is with men. Back to you, Matt. Then the question is, remember... We've just spoken about how it's enabled by men, this environment that you're speaking of. You are saying that the men have not made it conducive for women to be comfortable in this environment. If it is of benefit to the man, what would it take then to change their environment and what's in it for them? Exactly. And I think that's what we need to answer, what's in it for you, and address the fear factor. Again, my grandmother used to say, to act in your own interest, you have to first and foremost act in the best interest of others. We know that when you put a smartphone in the hands of women, not only does their health of their children and nutrition and education improve, but of the entire society and the community in which they are located. Therefore, it's manifestly in men's best interest to empower, to liberate, 
to emancipate women for their own sake because the world will be a better place. You see, the pandemic has demonstrated that the eight countries where they've got women as heads of state, they've handled the pandemic better because to them they are using intuition, they are using skill, care, and diligence better than men, including New Zealand and the Scandinavian countries and Germany. They handled better because they are women. We shouldn't ask them to look and act like men. Especially now, I said eight months that we've been locked in, the message we are sending as men, as companies, and as compatriots and South Africans who care, we need to be saying to the 59.3 million South Africans, this is the time for us to be safe, to comply, and respect our neighbors. In companies, we need to say we must do everything in our power to make sure that we look not after only the well-being of all our employees, but their mental health, because they are not connected, they are not talking to people. We are all doing these things by Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams, Skype, etc. Therefore, we should create an environment where women in particular can say, my mental health is well taken care of, so that I can produce high performance with high integrity, where I can make quality decisions at high speed, where we can now have leadership from every seat rather than only the executive committee, where we can increase the employee engagement, where they are present in the moment. They would rather not be anywhere else, but they are here with us in our companies. We need to increase agility. We need to increase this notion of sustainability in order to build a much longer lasting one called resilience. We need to bring about this environment, this culture of inclusiveness. And we need to make sure that the leadership team is felt by all our employees. We need to increase our connectedness and demonstrate caring because it's not cool and lead um, anymore for men to act like tough. This is where we need to, to, to start crying when it hurts. We need to start remembering the people involved when one of us has been lost through COVID-19. We need to make, especially our women folk and Africa's uh, queens and princesses feel needed, valued, wanted and appreciated, where they feel that they can show up and feel that I can be myself. I mean, in 26 years into democracy, our young girls are still going to Pretoria girls and they're told that they are here because it's kinky, um, it's, it's not natural and it's not tidy. Where companies like Clicks are still pulling out ads that are absolutely derogatory uh, to black hair. Um, I, I think that's our job as men, uh, but most importantly, to treat each one of them as individuals where their own career passing and succession planning doesn't feel like it is put on hold just because they are working from home, that it is just an integral part of how we do things and that, in fact, the company most important and valuable asset is our people, not the bricks and mortar, 
not the products and services that we provide. It is the Men's Forum, and I'm going to take your calls on 011-714-2006. I'll also look at the Twitter feed that's coming through because we're not on WhatsApp this afternoon, unfortunately. So you can go to Twitter at SAFM Radio or at Pimelo Modene. And my guest this afternoon is Bonang Mohale, who is the author of the best-selling book, Lift As You Rise. He's also the Chancellor of the University of the Free State and Professor of Practice in the Johannesburg Business School College of Business and Economics, chairman of both Bitvest Group as well as SBV Services. I'll be back with more after this. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Lines are open. It is a men's forum. I did say that I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006. Lawrence is calling from Johannesburg. Good afternoon, Lawrence. Good day. Good afternoon. Uh, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for calling, Lawrence. Yes, yes, uh, just to leave, uh, try to greet all the other listeners. Uh, this time, uh, my concern is this man called Jumbo. What he did is, is very bad and very painful, and he ruled And secondly, that gentleman, uh, one of us, that was hijacked. Mm-hmm. So my day has been terrible today. I've been swimming in tears mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. But Timber, what it is, mm, what I want to say, I don't believe that there's nothing can be done by whoever on power who's listening that video because of that uh, lady says we, we must come out on her story. Mm-hmm. Why I'm saying that? Because you can see you can hear on the video, I've seen the video, mm-hmm. you can see Jemba um, uh, hitting that lady. You can uh, hear Jemba spoon-feeding the weight from that lady mm-hmm. to, to that lady. That lady, whatever is, she says, is not from her heart. It's because she's scared of Jemba. Jemba is telling her what to say. So there's no way that we need... Uh, had to open the case, or if uh, the police or wherever nobody can, no, arrest to her, because <laughs> there is a proof. It's not her who's saying; it's Tamba who's telling her to what to say. Mm-hmm. No, and I shall I have to catch all men, all men, not boys, not males, but ask men to be men. In Zulu, there is different between the boy. There is a different between the male mm-hmm. and the man. We mustn't be males. We must be men. Men doesn't hurt women. If we, if if I see a woman, I see the rose. So I cannot plant a rose and cut it, and expect that rose will be beautiful tomorrow. Lawrence, How can we do such things? And please, I'd just like to ask those guys who are just uh, uh, that guy, please, guys, please, guys, don't hurt that girl. Don't hurt that little soul. Please bring her back to her dad. Or just put her on a police station, a hospital, somewhere. Do whatever you want to do with, uh, with the car. We can also donate for that gentleman another car, or you can buy another car. Mm. But. Lawrence there. Uh, thank you very much for that. AB, you're calling from Pochestrum High. 
Hello, AB. Hello, AB. All right, we've lost AB. MJ calling us from Bloemfontein. Good afternoon, MJ. Afternoon, ma'am. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for calling, MJ. Um, I think I would just like to comment about the whole tender situation mm. and gender-based violence in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. Um, so just with um, the whole tender situation. So I think, and there's a major all over this country, and I think I've faced this a couple of times, maybe people who work in... MJ, MJ, I'm going to ask you to speak closer to your uh, to your um, speaker. We, we, you're getting a bit muffled, so we can't hear you nicely. Oh, I'm so sorry for that. Perfect, perfect. Um, so I was saying, and I think the problem we have in our country, particularly, is that is the inability to intervene if the victim doesn't want to the mm, house. Mm. Um, and I know we have the bill that's in front of the president now, and it's taking. <laughs> a lot of time and it even said that during 15 days of activism we still having the same conversation mm-hmm. it's like we are preaching to the choir mm-hmm. because i believe these conversations aren't reaching the most disengaged communities the mm-hmm. simplest example that i can give is how right now when this conversation is happening like when the professor you had earlier on mm-hmm. was just sharing the letter a lot of people who maybe don't need to hear the things are still at work you mm-hmm. know um, others may be writing again. Mm. So that also presents itself as a problem because later on, people are busy with a whole lot of things to even try to um issues on gender-based violence and we do not want to have frank conversations. With gender-based violence in general, what I really want to talk about is this whole idea that when someone has an accusing view from yours, so let's say a guy comes up and says, hey guys, so me, I understand that GDP is wrong and off, but what happens when I've taken this girl to school and then she leaves me or she cheats on me and I get angry and I want to respond? The problem is that we will then, in dialogues or whatever, we will then say, no, that's not what you should be saying. Generally, violence is wrong and it ends there. Instead of trying to engage that particular person as to why that particular narrative in and out of itself becomes wrong. And I think those are the type of conversations we need to start to be having. Mm-hmm. Not only conversations with people who already believe in the same things that we believe in, but we need to be having conversations with people that have opposing views. And I think that's when we'll get to the root cause of okay, what is it that's doing GDD in SA? Because I don't think anyone really is born with the mentality of one interview woman or anyone. But something within the environment that's very listening and then they start having those mentalities. So how then do you get back to the root cause, that environment? How then do you fix that environment? So like the professor was saying that if that environment is not conducive for people to receive the information, then people will never receive the information and will never really get to the solution that we want. Okay, we'll, we'll delve into that with Ndata Mohale. AB, you're calling from Room. We've got you back on a better line. Hi. Hello, hello, ma'am. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Go ahead, AB. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I do not get the benefit of listening to all uh, your video clips. I only listened to one. Mm-hmm. And I heard the voice of a very frightened and scared woman mm. uh, pleading with uh, this gentleman. Mm. So I may not, I may, I, may, I may comment without full uh, knowledge of the video. Okay. But what I can say in general about gender-based violence is uh, Rona as African men. We need to deal with this matter in an African way. Because we're being ruled by Roman Dutch law, laws which have nothing which has nothing to do with us. 
But to nice Africans, we respect women. Decision makers in our families, that's how prominent we place women. So we need to sit down and really find ways to talk to ourselves. But even equally, women also find their place and understand their place to say what causes this gender-based violence and deal, it, deal with it in an African way. The problem I is, baby, not- the problem is you, you would need everybody to buy into what you're saying. So if we don't yeah. have people who buy into the fact that Warakadi should be heading up homes, then, you know, you, you are not speaking to everybody. I, I understand your point. But the thing is, the narrative which is being peddled around mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. is men, men, men. But, you know, it takes two to tango. I don't blame uh, 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 victims of violence. I don't. But I'm saying, even in marriages, when a husband fights fight with his wife, both of them, if you can see, that cause and effect, whatever started the fight, they started it being the two of them. Now, the rest of the families, they must be involved. Now, we're being too westernized. That is the problem. Even the, all the groups of men, I can even see clergy kneeling down to say, stop violence. You see, you know, we, we have bowed down to the devil because we're not doing who we are as Africans. It is a simple way. Let us do advertisements. When you do advertisements on TV, don't base it on men, men, men. It, is two, it takes two to tango. And let us put Borahat Barona, Bomalume Boraman, copy, and then see we move some. Let us communicate this message in our in, in our culture. We are not Americans, we're not British. Let's leave that and talk to us as Africans. And I'm telling you we'll go somewhere. Abri there in Pochestrum. One thirty, let's go to Uzila Saku for the latest in headlines. We'll be back with your responses. <laughs> Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Manang Mahale is our guest. He's the author of Lift As You Rise, and he's been listening in, and he's been chairing this particular conversation in the Men's Forum. Dr. Mahale, I'll bring in a few things that um, the uh, callers were talking about. I, I, I believe you've seen the videos that we've been talking about. Have you? Thank you so much. You, you've seen the videos, Dr. Mahale? Yes, ma'am. All right. So let, let's talk about what you're, firstly, you know, how you're reacting to what you saw. So if I use the video to precipitate a greater conversation mm-hmm. that we must have, mm-hmm. surely it has to start by saying we must change the law that allows people to abuse others in the manner that is so evident on this video. Not just emotional, not just financial, but physical abuse. What gives another human being a right over another human being's life? Secondly, we need to change the law where many women have taken and run the gauntlet of going to the police station to lay charges only for their families society and community from which they come to then convince them that they should go and 
withdraw those charges. The law that will enable the police to say, once you have laid the charge as a woman on gender-based violence, on abuse, and you are threatened with your life, we must take it through its logical conclusion right up to the highest court in the land. That's the only way I think we need to deal with this. Because the Minister of Police, Minister Pegitello, confirms that apart from the fact that their highest rates happen in KwaZulu-Natal, in Inanda, and Umlazi, where people are coming from the Shibins, in the Shibins, and the rapists themselves around the Shibins. We also hear from him that it's the community itself that pressurizes women to go and withdraw charges when we are trying to deal with this sketch. For me, I think the fundamental root cause is inequalities that are associated with this class system that is founded upon two interlocking but conceptually distinct social processes. One is the allocation of rewards attaching to different positions in the social system, especially men and women. And I use men and women, not binary, because we know that we have men on the extreme end and women on the other extreme end, and many in between that we refer to loosely as the LGBTQI community, who don't self-identify as just men and women. So one is how do we tackle this process of recruitment to positions of authority? Because modern society do, of course, exhibit both forms of inequality and both gender inequality and pay parity are the most crudest manifestation of how we treat women much less than we treat men, broadly speaking. So on what grounds is it morally legitimate to give greater economic and social benefits to men than to women when each in their own way contributes to the social good? We must all seriously be concerned about this notion of social justice as it pertains to both the rewards accruing to different genders as well as the processes of recruitment to the C-suite, i.e. the positions of leadership. Because when women can look after themselves, they've got their own money, they've got their own resources, they've got their own roof over their head, they don't have to stomach the abuse and the over-dependence and over-reliance on some of these abusive men. So although the process of rewarding and recruitment are analytically separable, they are closely intertwined in practice. This is to a large extent to do with the prominent part played by men in placing other men at the pinnacle of the corporate ladder. Okay, Let, let's pause there because I've got some follow-up questions on that particular point. Ralph, you're calling from uh, KZN. Good afternoon, Ralph. Your call has been placed on hold. All right. Romeo, you're calling from Johannesburg. Good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. How are you, Cecilia? We well. Thanks, Romeo, this afternoon. Uh, thanks for taking up my call. Yes, I was following up on your last caller who said we are not British, we are not Americans. Mm-hmm. I was very interested to add more on top of that to say we used to have our own way of solving problems at home, especially when when you get married, it's not about the two of you the two of you. 
It's about now you have added to the family. It involves the two families. If any problems maneuver, the family involves to rectify all this problem. But the issue that I was about to say during these 16 days of gender-based violence, I think, I think we have got some apps that are really soft, that are treating offenders with nice gloves. I think we need to have some apps that are really very harsh to people who happen to be raping their own children, who happen to rape whoever. And then this guy who made the members, six members, there's no need to waste time in defending someone. I think we need to invite on board, such as like judiciary, the human rights, such a barbaric like this. Does it need someone to enjoy human rights? Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Romeo. Dada Mohale, let me bring you in here, maybe from the point uh, of view of where um, Romeo was asking us to review what an African uh, solution is, as well as SEMI. Fundamentally, my questions are very simple. Um, you know, culture and, and people uh, are very dynamic we have moved on. The very fact that those solutions are not applied now tells you that society has moved on. And so what is the point of having this nostalgic look at what people think used to work? The point here is that it's not being used. So we are here now. What, what's your view on, on, on what you, they were saying? You see, the reason why culture is important, it is precisely because it is dynamic and it evolves. And it takes the best from each era and epoch, and it moves it forward, and it leaves behind the bad. We were savages and barbarics as men during days of war, even before the First World War and the Second World War. Now we know that there are better ways of resolving conflict through negotiations and dialogue, because man's greatest accomplishment is through talking and also man's greatest failure is through not talking. Therefore, in that dynamism, we need to also accept that the good things about our own culture is that men learn by looking at the back of the heads of their fathers. Therefore, it behooves us as the current men, ones that are slightly more months older than others, to be absolutely exemplary in our conduct, but also in our language, in our behavior, but also the way we engage, interact, and interface with women as matriarchs in our own homes and families. How we involve and confer leadership to them and major decision-making to women. But unfortunately, now people misunderstand even what the Bible says, that men will be the head of the household, and they stop there. They forget that that whole scripture says, and the man shall be the head of the household, comma, the same way that Christ is the head of the church, i.e. to serve, not to command. Mm -hmm. Now we come drunk from wherever we are, and we say, this is my home, this is my place, I'm the only one that's working here, I'm bringing the bacon home, so it will be my rule. When you get married to somebody because you love them, the best way to express that love when you love yourself is to love another human being. The best way to be happy is to make somebody else happy. 
Dadamuhale, you spoke about the environment. You spoke about um, the the gender pay gap. You sit on, I mean, I don't know how many boards you sit on now, but let's reference the fact that you are a, a president of Black Management Forum. How many companies do you know right now that are sitting evaluating the salaries of women and are compensating them equally to men? That's lip service from what we know. Nobody's actually doing it. Exactly. Far too few. The reason why we serve on the boards of these companies and some of them we chair is so that we bring this systemic and systematic change. When she became the Bidvest Group Limited CEO on October the 1st, Sis Nompumele Lomadisa became only the third woman in South Africa to head a mid-to-large market cap just a listed company. The other two, of course, are Anglo Platinum and as well as um, Naspers. So 26 years into democracy, this death of female leaders in business is shameful. And I think we need to address it. It doesn't need a conference. It doesn't need an imbizo. It doesn't need a committee. It needs a committed, progressive CEO and chairman of the board on Monday to say, let me have a look at your payroll. Let's see how you grade men versus women. Let's see how you pay them for the work of equal value. Let's see how many women get given an opportunity for progression career passing and succession planning in this company and why 26 years later we still have less than 24 percent of positions of leadership held by women but but, but less but, than four percent african women but but then that's the vision of the ceo who comes in and says exactly that the board and its shareholders who are looking for nothing but profit are going to say what you are one of those people what do you say to a ceo like that Exactly. I think we encourage CEOs like that. We embolden them. In fact, we're asking the CEO in the boards to say, are you paying women the same as men for work of equality? It can't be. Because if you don't, then you need to change it. And you've got so much time to be able to change it in. It can't be. It can't be. And I'm rushing you because of time. It can't be because that will immediately mean that your salary bill is going to increase, diminishing your profits. And that's not likely to be accepted. But in fact, our experience is that where we've brought in women in large numbers, Mm -hmm. those companies have performed better. Mm -hmm. They are more sustainable and resilient. Mm -hmm. Actually, they are more profitable Mm -hmm. because women bring different skills into the workplace. Mm -hmm. First, they are cleverer than men. They are more educated than men. I'm the chancellor of the investor of the free state. I graduate more women than men in all levels, especially PhDs and masters. In fact, our intakes in the 26 public universities there are more women than there are men. Therefore, it's logical that we should have more women in positions of leadership than men. But at the moment, it is far from it. That's why all of us, especially led by men, we must be change agents, we must be defenders of democracy, and we must take this notion of social justice seriously. Because this notion of social justice is not contained in the main body of our constitution. Mm. It's in the preamble. And it says, we the people recognizing the past injustices. It then says, it implores you and I to work towards improving the quality of lives of the majority of our people. Lastly, it says, we need to ensure that everybody reach their potential, not their fullest potential, their potential. How do we go to war, economic war, 
when there's 59.3 million South Africans and we leave 51% of the, the, the nation behind. And yet we know these are the ones that are more astute, have, have better sixth sense. I made an example about the countries in COVID led by women. They've handled it much, much better. Therefore, men should shoulder the blame for the barriers holding back women. For gender equality and pay parity to take hold in South Africa and globally, men must be at the forefront because they are the beneficiaries of centuries of patriarchy. I'm not even talking about toxic masculinity that we have seen in these videos, because it is easier for men to be accepted as leaders in the C-suite, as managing directors, presidents, and chief executive officers, because the system both expects and accommodates them. When men are sent the corporate ladder, the corporate environment is friendly, forgiving, and understanding. And if we are to increase the number of women, leaders in established companies, men must knock down these entrenched barriers and the proverbial glass ceiling, which now has, has become actually the, the, the concrete block. There is a marked tendency for those who already occupy relatively privileged positions to ensure that their own progeny are recruited into similar positions. So the ability of men to confer advantages on other men thus encourages a fairly high degree of social self-recruitment within privilege from one generation to the next. Firstly, mm. as a result of this, there often develops a pattern of social and cultural differentiation, which in turn reinforces this system of occupational recruitment and so crystallizes the masculine structure through time. So women still suffer many disadvantages in various areas of social life, including employment opportunities, income, property, ownership, etc. This is because for the majority of women, the allocation of social and economic rewards is still predominantly determined by men. Jeffrey, you're calling from Cape Town. Thanks for your patience. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeffrey. Oh, this is Jeff. Yes, go ahead, Jeffrey. I've got two minutes for you. Go ahead. Hi, hi. Um, okay, I will be rushing quickly. Uh, thanks, Pamela, uh, for that. Uh, for me, um, I just want to bring a small contribution, which is education. And I uh, believe uh, to solve this issue of the gender-based violence could only be solved by education. And I mean, um, we have the media, we have uh, TV. What are we seeing on TV these days actually continue to perpetuate what uh, the gender-based uh, violence is uh, doing? And that's where, for me, I believe, when are we going to change that? Because we need to look at that in a point where we say we need to bring something positive that will build the society, that will build the men mm. to know how to behave. I mean, Ntate uh, Mohale was talking about the conduct and behavior. Mm. The behavior is seen. The behavior is portrayed by whatever is presented on TV these days. Mm. And for me, I think that TV is playing a major role into educating. Mm. Change what we have as a, a soap that we presenting to mm -hmm. the viewers every night mm. and bring more positive uh, teaching that could build the men. Mm. Thank you for me. Thank you. That's Jeffrey in Cape Town. Dada Mohan, I'm going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for, for making the time to be a part of our conversation this afternoon. It doesn't end here, but thank you for, for your contribution and, and for your really words of wisdom. Thank you very much.